0: Welcome back to the Takes It Took a Movie podcast. I am your host today. This is Mariah. And as always, I'm joined with. Stefan
1: and Miles. Hello.
0: Hello. movie for today what movies have you guys seen recently
2: hey i watched a movie called dread judge dread it's a it's a it's a reboot. second one with the uh, psychic Urban lady and psychic lady yeah yep. esper yep yep it's good it's a good movie it's a reboot of a 90s movie with stallone which is bad very cheesy i mean it's fun because it's like wow it's so cheesy but it's a bad movie this movie, yeah, Carl Orban plays Judge Dredd. It's a dystopian world where uh, crime is rampant, and these judges are judge, jury, and executioner. You know, they show up to a you know criminal den. They say, ah, you get five years for this, two years for that, and life for that." I'm killing you now, and they kill him there, they're not on the spot. Damn. And uh, this 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 judge man gets paired up with a psychic lady as a as a recruit, and they go into this big tower. Where they get this the crime and then they get locked in and they're like, You're not getting out of here. So they gotta fight to the top to get the, the bad lady who's Cersei from Game of Thrones.
1: Very similar to a different movie you watched. Yeah, very
2: similar to another movie called The Raid. The which Raid. Which is a very similar uh setup where these police go into a, this building full of like criminals and then the criminals lock it off and the police are stuck in the building and they have to fight their way up. Except oh, that-, that one's got a lot of like action and choreographed, like, you know, hand to hand fighting and like Hong Kong kinda like uh, not kung fu but you know that that style yeah. of fighting
0: miles
1: okay i'm actually gonna talk about a short film yeah that i watched on netflix that Ooh. i can't remember the name of but essentially the premise is groundhog's day for this black guy who keeps getting shot by a police officer <laughs> <laughs>
2: holy <laughs> cow <and> it's <laughs> very. <laughs> be careful you tread tread lightly
1: <laughs> it's kind of just like it's him trying to get home.
2: Mariah is looking <laughs> aw- completely awestruck. Say, I've never um, heard of this. What's it called? It, uh-huh. It's
0: called Groundhog Day for a Black Man.
2: <laughs> no, that's that's the YouTube video. Uh, so there's a YouTube video, which
1: is like a sketch comedy thing. Uh, it's a, <laughs> the, uh, the yeah, I've seen both. Uh,
2: the YouTube video this was this like, your choice this was is, is, is the one you chose the short <laughs> film. you picked this one <laughs>
1: the short film is good the YouTube one is funny but it's like so in the YouTube one the guy's getting pulled over by the cop every time and you know he'll be like oh here's my ID and the cop's like he's got a gun and then kills him and he ends up like putting powder on his face to look white and the cop <laughs> lets him go <laughs> but in the short film it's more about like the struggle that you know African-Americans go through in America. But it ends, huh? it ends with him going to the police officer and being like, hey, man, like, you're not going to believe this, but I'm stuck in a Groundhog's Day. Here's all the signs. Please just let me go home. I want to see my dog. And the cop's like, okay, I'll escort you home just so like nothing happens. And then you find out the cop's in on it. He knows that everything's repeating, and he just keeps <laughs> killing him for fun.
0: Um, okay, so I found I've found the title. So okay. it's it it must be based on that then?
1: I have no idea. Okay. Um, but the
0: be. one on Netflix is called uh Two Distant Strangers.
1: That's that's it. Two distant strangers. But I, I, oh. I just <laughs> the fact that, you, that yeah. you phrased
0: it as it's Groundhog Day for a black man, and I've like looked it up and like that's exactly what the video was called.
1: Yeah. Whew. Okay. Anyway, it's a good short film. Cool. Wow. Watch it. Also watch the YouTube one, it's funny.
0: Um. Well, recently, I have tried to get back into reading books more. I used to do that, kind of stopped. So Nerd. I read this book Ooh. called Nerd. <laughs> we don't read books here; we just watch movies. I read this book called Empire Falls by Richard Russo, and there is like a two-part. I'm gonna put quotations around it. Miniseries, like the the first one is almost two hours long of the episodes, and then the second one's like an hour and three minutes or something like that. Richard Russo wrote the screenplay for it, um, and it's got Ed Harris and Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward and Danielle Panabaker, who is in Sky High, anyone?
1: Yo, Sky High. Uh, yeah. So a little, um, little side fun fact for you ooh. guys who love Sky High. There were supposed to be four of them, one for each year that they were in high school, but we never got it. So,
0: Oh, damn. Um, but yeah, I watched that. It definitely, you know, I I don't mean to be that person, but the book was better. Yeah, I it watched
2: was, that. It was a, I watched it too. I don't want to say mediocre, but like, I don't know. It was also very of its time. A lot yeah. of the things they did was very early two thousands, and like the way that was like, they transitioned to a flashback and like, him talking to his young child self, and you know, it was just kind of things was like. Oh, oh Philip Seymour
0: Hoffman's also in it. Forgot mm-hmm. about that
2: for like well, five minutes total.
1: I mean, it's a bit of a hot take, but I think books usually are better than we like. I like the Lord of the Rings books more. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey, I like the book more. Big fan of mine. Con- yeah,
0: I'm going to cut the bit here. <laughs> yeah,
1: you could cut the bit earlier.
0: Um, but yeah, it's basically about like a small town called Empire Falls, and it follows Miles Roby, who's like a 40-year-old. Miles? <laughs> Miles? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, uh, and it follows Miles as he kind of... Uh, tries to kind of get out of the small town, um, which I really like stories like that where it's mm. small town focused, where the town kind of is a character in and of itself.
1: Me getting out of Ashland?
0: Yep. hey um, oh got it. Yeah, in. if you like small town stories, I would definitely give the book a read. I don't know if I would necessarily totally recommend the miniseries. Paul Newman's great in it. He plays like a kooky old guy. And of course, I love Paul Newman, but...
1: We love Paul Newman.
0: Yeah, so I, I watched that recently. Puma. Now that we've um, talked long enough about what we've watched recently... Why don't we get into the movie for today?
2: And that movie is a wonderful movie. I only watched planes, not trains trains or or automobiles.
0: automobiles. Bummer. Um, Or
2: feet or scooters.
0: Skateboards, hoverboards.
2: Rocket. Motorcycles. Portal. Yeah.
0: Um, But yes, this is actually going to be kind of our first just- Bike.
1: Do we we miss bike? We we did. We didn't do bike. It's a big one.
0: That is a big one. Anyway, this is actually going to be like our first just straightforward comedy that we cover, which I realized. Um, so I'm excited. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the 1987 Thanksgiving classic that is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> 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 Jesus. Um, there isn't as much on this movie as some of the other things that we've covered, but I still find it interesting in whatever we get to make the rules, so shut up and listen. Now, before we get into the movie, and definitely didn't have to record this later because we forgot to do it earlier. Can you guys give me a brief summary of the movie? Yeah.
1: Okay, can I go first? Cuz I sure. I got i got a thing. Okay. Okay. In your mind palace, imagine a man <laughs> in a suit running down New York. <gasps> taxi, taxi. Oh, someone stole my taxi. Oh, I got to I'm I'm late to the airport, get in the plane. It's you you son of a bitch. Oh, the plane has to land someplace else. What are we going to do? Go, let's get a hotel. I don't want to get a hotel with you, you you stinky man. Oh, we only have one bed. This is terrible. Guess we gotta cuddle. Guess we gotta cuddle and... Mm, cuddle and sleep together. You put your hand between my thighs. Mm. Oh, gross. Someone stole all of our money. How are we gonna get out of here? Um, would you like some rings, sir? Okay, Stefan.
2: Who? Boy. <laughs> um, I, I'm having a hard time even recalling. I think they... they, they took my credit card. My credit card's your credit card. Now we got no credit card. Credit card, credit card, credit card, credit card. Credit card bus. They're on a bus, they're on a plane, they're on a train, they're on mobile, they're trying to they're trying to they're trying to get Steve Martin back to his home because he wants to see his family mm. for Thanksgiving and he loves his family. And John Candy's just like, Oh, I'm an idiot. I'm ruining your life, but it's okay because I'm sad because <laughs> my wife died. <laughs> so you can't be mad at me. It's like, but you've 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 used my car to rent a car, and then you blew up the car and it's on fire. I'm gonna be charged thousands of dollars for this. Ah, but I didn't mean to. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. They run, they get on the train, they get home, and then And they bring him home, and then John Candy walks in, and the wife goes, and then they realize John Candy's been fucking Steve Martin's wife this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) No, Um, that doesn't happen. And cut that out. My mom can't hear me swear. Okay. That's fine.
1: My mom can hear me swear. Fuck. Fuck.
0: (laughs) 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 So, yes, that is the premise. Two unlikely strangers at odds trying to get home for Thanksgiving. Jumping into it now. This movie is written by, directed by, and produced by the 80s king himself, John Hughes. Boo. Um, You might know him as- Why you gotta boo
2: John Hughes like that? Yeah,
0: what the hell, dude?
2: Because his movies suck. No, they're fine. That's just a joke. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. Um
0: He's the one who created National Lampoon, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Weird Science, oh. Ferris, Bueller di- oh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Home Alone, yeah. and Uncle Buck, amongst a million okay, other so movies. Quick
2: thing. There's a thing, right? Like Hugh- Hughes era or something yeah. like that, where it's like- or something. I don't yeah. Know. So yeah.
1: me, as you guys know, bad with names. Worse among, with directors, yeah, among things. Yeah, among things. Couldn't I before you had just said that I couldn't tell you who he was or what he had done, mm-hmm. knowing that he has created pretty much all of my favorite, like the eighties classics of standards. that era. Yeah. is him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Skeller now Shue.
0: I do want to point out that Homie was busy throughout the 80s he wrote 16 different scripts alone in in the 80s for about like actually a span of eight years and he directed seven of those
2: Did he do cocaine you know what i didn't find
0: anything on that wouldn't be surprised it was the 80s but um i also don't want to experience actually he used to work as a copywriter in chicago And there was a day where he was supposed to fly to New York, give a presentation, and then come home that same day. Um, And what was supposed to be a one-day trip ended up becoming five. Oh, God. Uh, He had to stay extra nights in New York before his, like, diverted flights took him to Denver and Phoenix and then eventually back home to Chicago. So when he's working on all these movies, he was thinking back to this experience and he thought, there's a movie in that. Um, And he wrote this entire script in three days. Oh, Jesus. He wrote the first 60 pages in six hours.
2: You Coke is involved, <laughs> that man is uh, pumping and I will say
0: how John Hughes was known for just absolutely cranking out movie scripts like insanely fit fast. Um, and he usually wrote scripts in three to five days and then would have about like twenty rewrites of them. I, I don't want to say it was like a shitty first draft.
2: just got um, it all out there but he, yeah, he just
0: got yeah,
1: it all out there. which is important.
0: and then just totally refined it. but I mean, three to five days to write a script
1: that's insane. Absolutely That's like bonkers. Give me some
2: coke and I'll give
1: you a whole trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a movie we'll probably cover it at some point about Boss the, Baby. The yeah, Boss Baby and Boss Baby too. Hopefully, not Boss not Baby even 3.
0: joking that like we will genuinely be covering those. We will, already. yeah.
1: But no, there's a movie about like a a writer during the Red Scare who gets blacklisted.
2: Columbo,
1: I think. Trumbo. So. Yeah, and he ends up. Just Columbo. pumping out scripts for like B rate studios, hmm. um, but I don't even think he was pumping out shit as fast as this boy. Pump.
2: He's I just don't. at home pumping. <laughs> He's <laughs> just pump. He's pumping, He's pumping them out. And for audiences at home or older audiences, I said Columbo. I am aware Columbo is the detective from the hit show Columbo.
0: All right. So again, wrote the script in three days. The movie that we know. He's 93 minutes long. The okay. script was 145 pages. Okay, and um, for
1: audience one, two, three, four, who don't
2: know.
0: But, uh, roughly one roughly page equals one minute. Mm-hmm. So this is That's like two 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 and a half hours. Rule of thumb. Um, which is insanely long for a comedy. Usually with comedies, you try to kind of keep close to the 90 minute mark. Um, See, obviously, th- they didn't use the whole 145 pages, but he wrote that and they shot all 145 pages.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. See, it sounds like he put two movies together. Yeah. So, and he wrote that in three days.
0: Yes. I'm not sure if like, the first draft was the right. full 145 pages, but that was the final shooting script that they went with. So the script is written. Let's get into pre-production now. So now, although John Hughes would go on to direct this movie, he wasn't originally lined up to. When Hughes wasn't able to direct his own script, some, sometimes he'd have his good old buddy, Howard Dutch, help out. Hughes had just directed She's Having a Baby, although it hadn't been released yet, and he initially gave Planes, Trains, and Automobiles to Howard Dutch. Uh, Hughes was still going to be producing it, though, and obviously had written it. Uh, the original casting Hughes wanted was actually Tom Hanks as Neil, as Steve Martin's character. I can see that. And John Travolta as
1: Doug. I can <laughs> see that less. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: unfortunately, Hanks was busy doing a movie that I am for sure going to be covering later.
1: Big. It's big. big. I am so love good. That was a, that was a shot in the dark. I guess it was a shot in the dark because I know you love big. It was a, it big. was a shot in broad daylight. Yeah, <laughs> down the sights. Mm. Yes, at a target two feet away. Two
2: feet away.
0: <laughs> it is no secret. Big fan of that movie, Big. But
2: oh, he's busy shooting Pinocchio. <laughs> hit film. <laughs> the you know, the 2022 the twenty twenty two film. That's the one they worked on yeah. it
0: for.
1: But. I don't I feel like he would do good in this movie. I think I don't know if he has so. the same like. Because Steve Martin looks like he could be kind of that rough like I only care about work and getting back home. I guess he actually does care a lot about his family because usually yeah. he's trying to get back to him. Yeah. When well, you, that's you have good, yeah. these kinds of characters, they care more about their work than their family. But he's actually a family man.
2: I, I feel like Steve Martin has the capability of being kind of mean. Yeah. I mean, of course, cause Tom Hanks can do it. But you're looking at Tom Hanks face. But Steve Martin, like the shit it's just the way his face is. And like when he gets mad and blows up at him at the one scene, I'm like, oh, he's kind of like mean. Are you talking yeah. about the in
0: the motel where he just keeps yeah. going, and going, and mm-hmm. going and going and going and going? And going and going
2: like he's he actually looks mean. Where if like Tom Hanks was doing that, I'd be like, oh Woody. Yeah, <laughs> like so full of it, Woody. All
1: the all the happy scenes I, I think I would be more than happy to see Tom Hanks do, but I, I again I, mm-hmm. I don't think he can do that meanness. Yeah. I like Steve Martin. Yeah. Pink Panther. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm burger hamburger,
2: hamburger. Uh,
0: and also one of the reasons why john travolta wasn't uh chosen for this movie is that he had done a series of absolute stinkers at the box office hairspray so no that was Please much later you. didn't flush or anything <laughs> uh and so paramount who was who was producing this did not want him attached to the project because i think like the last like four projects he had done if you look them up they have Ron Tomato scores of like 14%.
2: It was Pulp Fiction, there, wasn't it? No. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. What a stinger that yeah,
2: one was. Yeah, that one was. Also, I want to clear come that. that you have to keep the hamburger bit in there for my mom. Yeah. I will do. Also, you They're need to okay. say
1: hamburger.
0: Me? Yeah. I, I haven't seen it.
2: Yeah. It seen, shows.
1: I haven't seen it. It Sorry. shows. Anyway, the We're last thing. will replace you. <laughs> Carol, get in here.
0: The last thing I'll say about casting is that John Goodman was also reportedly considered for Dell, which I could also totally see. Yeah. Okay. And Rick Moranis was apparently considered for Neil, but I only saw that like in one source, very briefly. So I don't, I don't know mm. how realistic that is. So eventually, however, the script made its way to Steve Martin, who obviously plays Neil in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was convinced to do it by reading two of the scenes, one of which was when they're in the car and John Candy is lowering the seat repeatedly trying to get oh, comfortable
2: yeah. interesting
0: and then the car rental scene with mm. the billion f bombs in it
1: oh yeah yes okay so
0: with those two scenes he was convinced to do it at the same time he was confused and concerned why the script was 145 pages long <laughs> and he asked john hughes like oh what are we probably gonna be cutting from this and Hughes was like what are you talking about huh what's what's cutting and Steve Martin was like, uh, uh, yeah, oh? This is a
1: one-shotter, <laughs> yeah. my guy. We're not.
0: <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. I guess I'm still down, but like, damn. So then Steve Martin signed on. There you go. And once Steve Martin signed on, Hughes was like, oh, hey, my, my, good, old, my good old buddy Dutch, remember how I promised you that you could direct this? Well, now that Steve Martin's here, I kind of want it back. So I'm going to take it back, and I'm going to give you this movie called The Great Outdoors. Which also starred John Candy and Dan Aykroyd,
1: but not Steve Martin.
0: No, I mean I will say it's like he was—he give... wrote it and he was producing it. Yeah. I'm like, I yeah, he can direct it. Yeah, but you give,
2: you give your dog a but bone. Yeah, and you can't, you take, you can't take, it take it away from his. I mean, mouth. so
0: even though he didn't get planes, trains, and automobiles at that point, Dutch had also done Pretty in Pink, which was obviously massive. So it's not like he was just getting these B-rate movies. He was still doing John Hughes-written films, which obviously were very big at the time.
1: I mean in pink is no weird science but true. weird science
0: (laughs) weird science the last thing I'll mention about pre-production is this very bizarre interaction I read about in one of the articles that I read which obviously I will be linking some of the articles in the show notes below if you guys want to like check out Mm. the check out some of my sources but there was a publicist who went to go meet meet Hughes to try to get hired on as like the unit publicist but Hughes wouldn't give him the script to read because he wanted to like keep it under wraps and so instead of like letting him read the script or anything, Hughes acted out the whole script for him. And then the publicist didn't even get the job.
1: So you're telling me, you're telling me that funny bit that I did while describing the movie. Mm. John Hughes did John publicist. Hughes did with the, <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like it writes itself.
0: Exactly. So now we're into filming. They shot this film in 85 days in mostly Batavia, New York and South Dayton, New York beginning in February of 1987 with a budget of $15 million. Okay. The idea was that they wanted a Midwest look, but even more snow to make the delays and the shenanigans more believable. They initially started in Chicago for like the bus station scene, but there was no snow. Mm. They waited for weeks. There was no snow. They Mm. They shot some of the interior shots, but basically had to kind of keep moving back between the Midwest and the East coast, just kind of chasing the snow where they could find it. And so they ended up filming the majority of it in New York. They also shot at Lambert airport in St. Louis where it was 80 degrees in like February, March, and they had to ship snow in oh, and also in New York. They also had to ship snow in.
1: I always think it's funny when they have to ship snow. In. No, yeah.
2: no snow. More like snow. Yeah. So
0: yes, they had uh, some issues which caused delays f- just because for some reason, weren't no snow. John Candy famously showed up to the location with a lot of exercise equipment like treadmills and weights and Steve Martin said that by the end of the filming he hadn't used it once mm. which is funny but also just sad sad it showed that like he really wanted to like work out and he just never did The two of them also became very good friends while they were filming this and Steve Martin to this day talks very highly of John Candy and said that he thought he was actually similar to Dell and that he was, quote, very sweet and complicated. And so he was always friendly, always outgoing, and you know, funny and nice and polite. But I could tell he had kind of a little broken heart inside of him.
1: Well, yeah. So I actually did some reading about this. Um, mm-hmm. And Steve Martin wanted him to be like Dell so much that he murdered his
2: wife. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually just going to say that. I was like, well, that's because they killed his wife beforehand. Yeah. Because he wasn't getting into character enough.
0: Damn, somehow missed out on that article. <laughs> <laughs> they
2: wanted to see that sadness and just
0: eyes. committed murder.
1: Thought on BuzzFeed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, there's also a cool article, again, I will link, about Batavia's residents just being super excited to have some of the biggest comedy stars of the time filming there. Hundreds of locals signed up to be extras. They got paid fifty dollars for a 10-hour day. One of the stories they mentioned, which I like, is that John Candy wandered into this like tavern bar and it was super late and a pizza shop owner was in there and was like I can make you pizza if you want. And it's like 2.30 in the morning. And John Candy's like, only if I eat to make it. And so the guy's was like, all right. Open up his pizza shop at 2.30 in the morning and let John Candy like make pizza in there until like 4.30. And they yeah. just like hung out. And there's pictures of them like in Batavia with John Candy like at the pizza shop.
1: <laughs> I would do that. I would take that deal. I'd yeah. take that deal. If I got to make a pizza in a pizza shop. Yeah. I fucking love making
2: pizza. I'd take that deal. I'd take that deal.
1: It's a damn good deal. Deal or no deal.
2: Deal. That's not how you he sounds. But do they have the Domino's garlic crust? Nope. That's ad placement.
0: <laughs> Gotta pay <laughs> us for that. Um, Again, even though they were filming in New York in February, no snow. Of course, when they were filming the scene where Michael McKean is the officer who pulls them over in their burned down car, then a storm happened to roll in, so they had to wait to film that. And they all got shut in from a snowstorm for a while. Um, and also, I should say, most of the highway scenes were filmed on this unopened stretch. Well, unop- unopened at the time a uh, stretch of highway between Buffalo and Springville, New York. Okay. So they kind of had free reign because nobody was on it. Yeah. So that's the reason why they got to film there. Like I mentioned before, it was a 145-page script. Again, obviously not all 145 pages are in the film. There are a lot of scenes that were cut. And so I'm going to list just a few that that um, aren't in there.
1: And I'll do my best to play Neil. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Does that mean you're going to be Dell Stephen? Uh-huh. The first one is that Dell and Neil end up in a strip club after their car burns down and they need to use a phone. So they go to a strip club to use the phone. And then Dell, of course, gets distracted by the ladies. <gasps> that's Stefan is Dell being distracted by the oh, ladies. That's right, I'm
2: Dell. Which one's Dell again? John, John Candy. Candy. John Candy. Oh, hey. Dell, what am oh I doing? Oh, my God. At, I, love I my have ladies. a wife. I I'm my wife. I love here. my dead wife. I love my dead wife. <laughs> 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 I love my dead wife your wife is looking at that.
0: oh oh
2: oh <laughs> <laughs> that, that's him. <laughs> imagine a really shot that would be face. a funny bit though imagine oh. <laughs>
1: that i that'd be funny i'd watch that yeah my dead wife
0: there there was an actress named deborah lamb who was in that scene and she went to the movie not knowing that that scene had been cut Aww. and so she went to go watch her scene mm. and it wasn't there which is a bummer uh, okay, next. There is a scene where they're on the plane, like at the beginning when they're first leaving New York. Okay, planes. Neil is disgusted by the airplane food. I think it's something like the person in front of him, like her hair gets in his brownie or something like mm-hmm. that, and then Dell eats the brownie.
2: Oh, this brownie. Uh.
0: The- this is actually in the TV version, oh. but not the theatrical version. Mm. So you can you can find it on YouTube. You can find this clip. And it's very strange to me that they have an added scene for the TV version, because that you think uh, it's the other way around. Yeah, typically, typically they you know they take stuff out of the TV version, uh-huh. but no, they added that in. So I'm not really sure why, but mm. that is in there.
1: Problem is, I th- I don't think Neil would say anything during this scene. I think he'd just be moving, be trying to get the hair out, and then it would fall back in. Oh, maybe brownie. You go. Hmm. They put floss some,
2: in it. Some first class food.
1: Um,
2: guys, got any fried chicken?
0: Also on the plane, there's an extra like three paragraph monologue that Dell gives because obviously at the beginning he's talking um, N- Neil's ear off, mm-hmm. and they had even more footage of just that essentially of J- Dell talking, but cut some of that out. There is a About whole eight years
2: ago, my wife died in a volcano.
0: <laughs> this just this the whole movie Dell's yeah. been trying to tell
2: him. <laughs> <laughs> he's just been ignoring him. Yeah, that was the bit. He's actually told <laughs> yeah. him like
1: countless times. Yeah and well, well, my just wife just had a really hard time. There
0: is a whole subplot where Neil's wife thinks that he is like with other women, and that's why he's not coming home for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. She thinks he's cheating on well, her.
2: Well, I remarked on that because at the end, when you see her, when he walks in the door, she looks like she's just been waterboarded. It's, it's like, yeah. it's, it's like, like she, a two-second shot, the, just absolutely knocked yeah, it, out of her. Really like she's does. like, <gasps> she looks like she's dead.
1: Yeah, and it's that's kind of always the vibe I got from her. Is that she was like, oh, is he being unfaithful? Because
0: she kind of doubts him. She's like, you're where? What are you doing? What? Yeah. There's a scene that was shown in the trailer for the movie uh, where they're in that first motel room that they share together, mm-hmm. and Dell is in the bathroom and he's doing like an impression of Elvis Presley with like a hairbrush amongst yeah. other oh, things.
2: Mama fat oh, mama. Look at my he dies on the toilet. Oh
1: mama. <laughs> oh mama. Oh, oh mama. <laughs> oh mama
0: So you can find that in the trailer, but obviously not in the final cut. Michael McKean's scene as the state trooper who pulls them over was actually supposed to be a lot longer than like the minute that he's on screen for. He did an interview. We talked about. There's a whole bit where Della's is pleading not to have the car impounded. They mention we're trying to get home to Chicago, and McKean is like, "Well, you're in Wisconsin." It's so like, "Yeah, you overshot it," mm. and this obviously means that Neil could have been home sooner. Mm. And so then he gets out and apparently chases Dell around the car, and then McKean uh. has to like break up their fighting, and then they go to jail. Mm. And then it, I think, what happens is they cut to them like walking out of jail. And right. I believe Dell says, because obviously Dell uses Neil's car card to pay for the car rental. Mm-hmm. And he reveals to Neil, I didn't have insurance on it. Mm. And so then Neil punches him. Yeah. Which is mm. why there's one scene towards the end when they're getting that last ride in the back of the, the truck, mm-hmm. the um, refrigerator truck. Dell oh. has a black eye. Mm. and they never explain no, it. I, d- really? I didn't notice. Yes, they. It, it, he's got a black eye, and in the movie, the only line that they say is, Del says, oh, the driver's weird, he doesn't want anybody riding up in the cab. So I guess it's like kind of implied that the driver did it, but actually it's a cut where Neil does it when he finds out that Del didn't insure the car.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Punches him twice. It's like, yeah. I don't think that scene was needed. So I understand why they cut yeah. it. Yeah. But... I think seeing them run around in the car and Yeah, yeah. The overshoot thing is weird to me though. That they overshot it.
0: Yeah, well it's because Dell is driving and he doesn't yeah. you know, he goes down the wrong road, he's going the wrong way. So yeah. Dell is an idiot. He's a mess up. Yeah.
1: a little dumb dumb. Um
0: there's also there was also apparently a scene with Jeffrey Jones who plays the principal in Ferris Bueller.
1: I think you're gonna say Jeffrey Dahmer.
2: Yeah. And, no. I got brains on the brain. <laughs> nope.
0: Jeffrey Jones. Uh, but that scene was cut. I couldn't find like any information on what that scene was at all. Mm-hmm. So, who's to say? But apparently he was in a scene and it got cut. And just like the black eye re- refrigerator truck bit, there were a couple scenes that had other deleted scenes that explain things better. So, during their stay in that first motel, Dell. Orders a, uh, a six-pack of beer and a pizza. This was obviously cut. He steals money out of Neil's wallet. Mm. Uh, they mention this later at the diner when Neil goes to like look in his wallet and find out that they've been robbed. Mm-hmm. He mentions, like, oh, you took my money for pizza. And that was because mm. they shot a scene where he does that. Delvin only gives the delivery boy a $1 tip. So the delivery boy comes back and robs them. So that's who the thief is. Oh, it's this so- vengeful delivery boy. I
1: see. Yeah, yeah it's not it just some
2: weird. like
0: random kid. like
1: Who just broke in. Yeah,
0: because in the movie they make it seem like it was just a total stranger. Yeah. But yeah. it's actually the delivery boy that does it. Okay. Yeah, and also when he orders the six pack and the pizza, there's the vibrating bed bit and mm. he puts the, the beer on the vibrating bed so when he opens it it sprays all right, over the place. we don't place. see that either. Yeah. But they mention it again where Neil's like, I'm soaked in beer. Yeah. And Del's like, oh, do you want to you do you want to, like, change spots? And Neil's like, no. Like, I'm just gonna go to bed. So they allude to those things, but they they did actually shoot things, so it it would make more sense if they kept those extra scenes in that right. they just took them out.
1: Uh, Which I feel like that, I mean, that it's bound to happen when you have a hundred and something script that you cut yeah. down to 90. Yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah, those were just a handful of the kind of deleted scenes. Uh, Hughes also loved improv, and a lot of moments are improv, as well as the billion deleted scenes. So he already has 145-page script and he goes, add to it. Just like ad lib, go crazy, have fun. Uh, an example of this is when Owen, the cabby son who picks them up in the truck where they have to sit in the back with the dog, um, he introduces himself and he's like uh, hawking loogies and he spits into his hand right before he shakes Neil's hand. That was the actor just improving the whole bits for his character and Steve Martin was not expecting him to spit into his hand. So when he shakes it out of the corner of the screen, you can see mm. Steve Martin grimace. And immediately after they shot that, he like ran off to go wash his hands. Mm. And the the crew like burst out laughing um, and it made it into the cut. So if you look really, it's, it's like yeah. half a second. You just see in like the bottom right corner, Steve Martin's face just be like, oh, as he's shaking this guy's hand. Yeah. There's also just like a lot of lines and bits that were just ad-libbed. I couldn't find like a definitive list necessarily, but I think yeah. you can kind of tell when you're watching it when they're kind of like free balling and like kind of just keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another example of improv comes from the scene which gave this movie its R rating. Can either of you guys guess what scene that was?
2: <laughs> and that is what gave it an R, right? Yes. Um, oh so gosh. silly that they were willing to die on that hill. Give it a, this scene was so important that they, you know, sorry being an R rated movie. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure it would have, you know, been better if PG-13 I or something. This is
1: the fuck scene. You are right, Miles, and not the
2: fucking yeah. scene.
1: Nah, that is that was cut for time. <laughs> but this is the scene they had where them improv sex together. <laughs> <laughs> they were both very good at it. Um, yeah, yeah. The the scene where he tries to rent the car after they he finds out that his car that he was supposed to get is gone, and he throws the papers away. And then he goes to the uh, principal's assistant from Ferris Wheeler's Day Off.
0: Good call.
1: And he goes, I fucking want my fucking papers right Beep. fucking now, you Beep. fucking Beep. bitch. I don't think he says that last part, but... No, but
0: yes. He says so, fucking
2: a lot. Wipe that smile off your face.
1: Wipe that fucking smile off of your Beep. fucking face.
0: So yes, this movie is rated R because of this one scene. It contains the F word being used 19 times in one minute.
1: <laughs> Damn.
0: In this scene, Edie McClurg, who again, like Miles pointed out, plays the secretary in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She plays the agent. And initially, she's just on the phone having a standard conversation with a guest or a customer on the phone before Neil kind of begins his tirade. But she was told by John Hughes to just kind of improv a fake conversation. So she riffed and just made up the whole thing about talking to her sister about like the cooking and the marshmallows and oh, you know I can't cook and all that stuff. Hughes really liked it and I was like, what did... You came up with that stuff like really fast. Like, where did you get that from? She's like, I don't know. It's just like real life. just yeah. so, like imagine having a conversation with my sister, and he was like, Great, go with it, love it. Um, she also said that to this day, people will ask her to tell them that they're fucked. Mm. People will be like, Can you can you tell me that I'm fucked? And she's like, Okay. Without this scene, the film would have been rated PG or PG thirteen. Yeah. But they decided to keep it in. Strangely, it's still rated in PG in New Zealand.
2: I guess the New Zealanders. Yeah, they swear like, over there. Yeah, they Zealanders. have them swearing talk shows and stuff overseas. Mm-hmm. I
1: can see it being PG-13 PG in New Zealand.
0: Uh, one thing I do like about this scene is that, well, in in general, I think with this movie, a lot of us can relate to Neil with the travel issues because when you have a flight that's canceled, I hate travel. or, yeah, you have things like that. You know, I There was one trip I was trying to get back to school after winter break. And there's a huge storm, and I got held up in Seattle, and I had to stand in line for hours, and then they shipped me to like a hotel, and then I get up at like three to get on the another another flight, and it got diverted, and da 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 da, and like my it was horrible, and so I totally relate to this, and so I think that scene where he's cursing at this poor car rental employee, mm. on one hand you're like oh, she doesn't, do it. but on the other hand you're like we've all been there where we've kind of wanted to say those things before, you yeah. yeah, you know, obviously I think most of us have filters where we don't do that,
1: mm. dude. I could have a flight. I could have a two hour flight from here to San Jose and I would get off that flight and I'd be in a mood where they'd put me on a no fly list in a fucking second. <laughs> I hate I, travel.
2: So goddamn I, much. I like traveling if it goes well. I actually, the whole airport experience is kind of fun. I find it kind <laughs> of fun. It's just kind of like, Ooh, here we go. We, you know, but if things are going wrong, that's why I don't like it. And you know, with this movie, I know they're not going for authenticity. Most movies aren't. But I was telling Mariah, if this stuff happened to me in the way they happened to me, I would be going to church because there's no way this many things can go wrong without well, so, Satan being involved or some sort of demon. That's what I was thinking. Is like, oh my God, this guy's luck is so I would be on my hands and he's begging and crying and praying because I'd be like, I don't know what spirit's taken over me, but the, clearly this is beyond just Coincidence. I would be a wreck. Your plane gets canceled. Yeah, let's just quick try to think your, about them.
1: Yeah. Taxi
2: pl- cab stolen. Plane plane, plane gets canceled. canceled. You get flown to the wrong place. You're stuck with this guy who keeps you know going on. He's just sort of annoying. You get the hotel, he's just bad in the hotel. He washes his socks in the sink. The, water, the water runs out. There's beer on the bed. And then you, you get on a train, and then the train breaks down. The, the train breaking down would be, like, the real kicker for me. Because <laughs> yeah. that doesn't... Trains don't just break down. No. And then they all... Everyone gets off. Like, it's just like, okay, here we go. We're going to go on our migration to the next area. It's like, what? <laughs> I, would be, I would be flabber... Bu- 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 bu-
1: and then you fall asleep, and you wake up. To um, a
2: motherfucker driving on the wrong side of the
1: freeway. This man
2: almost kills you several times. And, and, then, and then he's like, oh, but my wife died. <laughs> sad. It's like...
0: <sighs> one thing that I don't know if you guys caught is that at the first motel that they stay in, the Braidwood Inn, it cuts back at one point to Neil's wife. Mm-hmm. And on the TV or the radio... You can hear that Chicago has cleared up and flights are flying in again. Mm-hmm. Had he stayed in the airport in Kansas,
2: oh god, he would
0: have gotten home. Yeah, but because Dell was so confident that like nothing was going to happen, Neil believed him and left. So had he stayed at the airport, he would have gotten home. <laughs> So much faster, Looking and
2: then out. and then this leads me into my next, which is like Dell can't like predict my next the weather, thought. so you know like Dell, no, purpose, no, Dell is a trickster god. <laughs> this is all a test <laughs> for for Neil. That's the only conclusion I can come to. He's fully aware of what he's doing, and he's testing him to see, you know, challenge his strength and family and God, maybe.
1: I can see it honestly. Yeah,
2: everything he puts him through.
1: It's a test. It's a test. It's just him being like, I'm going to fuck with this man to see (laughs) if he tries to murder me. Yeah.
0: All right. Kind of went off on a tangent. That's okay, Leo. Yeah. Now, this film is 93 minutes long, right? Well, the first cut came out to be around uh, three and a half hours.
2: What?
0: (laughs) Okay. Holy shit. Basically, John Hughes had shot a billion scenes that they didn't have time for. They, they, again, they shot like everything that was on the 145 pages. So and as well as the fact that they overshot everything they already, that was already in the script. Uh, there's a great article called Why Two Hours Was Cut from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Again, linked below. Where the editor, Paul Hirsch, explained the process. He said that, it, as just like one example, there's a short one-third page scene where Neil and Dell take a taxi to their first hotel. But instead of taking about 30 seconds of screen time, which is about how much that would be, the article says, quote, Hughes filmed it with at least nine camera setups, a shot of the cab from the front, a close-up on the driver, close-ups of Neil and Dell, two shots that show both Neil and Dell at the same time, etc., and filmed so many takes that Hirsch recalled, quote, we had 40,000 feet of film for that scene alone.
1: Oh now, a thousand
0: feet of film is a single reel's worth and lasts about 11 minutes. So this means that for this 30-second sequence in the original script, Hughes had shot over six hours of
1: footage. Holy shit. Okay. Being an editor in modern time sucks because when you're given footage, it's, it's a lot of footage. It's always yeah. going to be a lot of footage. There's nothing you can do about that and you know documentaries it's a little bit worse cuz you're constantly recording stuff and you're mm. you know trying to filter out the gold 6 hours of footage you have to go through and it's still on film there's no Physically. easy
2: media you folders gotta, to go through get your little grubby fingers over there and you're sitting in a hot and you gotta, room like yeah. this
0: one <laughs> and in the end her said that in order to get through all the film Quote, I had to hire another editor and just say, this is yours. Go work on this. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's, only thing he could do.
1: It's that six hours for just one scene is absolutely that bonkers. Is bonkers. Mm-hmm. And I am
2: Hughes. Hughes is unchecked. He <laughs> need, he needs some checks and balances. I'm so step in. sorry
1: for the editors. That must have been fucking torture. Yeah.
0: So the first cut, like I mentioned, was three and a half hours. Too long. <laughs> they, yeah. They managed to get it down to about like a two-hour cut and they start previewing this for audiences. It's still long for a comedy, yes. But they felt really confident about it and Hirsch said, quote, I am sky high thinking this is one of the funniest movies ever made. However, people didn't like it. They left the theater and Hughes and Hirsch were like, uh, uh-oh, um,
2: w- w- what? What? <laughs> That's annoyed. brutal.
0: Yes. Um, and again, this is a, like a Thanksgiving movie, so they had a hard deadline, essentially, And all throughout September, they're recutting and recutting and recutting about nine times total. Basically, the issue that they had and they they discovered was that with all of the excess footage they had shot, they had ended up cutting out some of the actually important footage. Mm. So they got rid of the plot where Dell and Neil's credit cards get switched at the beginning. So audiences were confused if it was an actual mistake or if one of them did it on purpose. And so they didn't trust the characters. Oh, I see. They Mm. couldn't really get past things like that where they just weren't sure who to believe. They weren't sure who to trust. They didn't like them. Yeah. And if you don't like either of the two main leads, it's going to be kind of hard to watch. Right. Eventually, obviously, they fix that. I do think, however, there's some, you know, a little bit of continuity errors, like I mentioned, with the scenes that rely on deleted scenes for it to fully make sense with, like, the black eye and things like that. I think that is kind of one of the downfalls of it.
1: The black eye, the beer, the pizza...
0: Because they mention it briefly, and you can kind of be like, "Huh? What? Okay, whatever, yeah, you can I guess." Kind of
1: piece it together, but
0: it's not absolutely critical, but really? it does
2: add to it. Did you say black eye, black eyed peas. B- Sounds like you, I thought you said black eye. Yeah, they cut the black guy. So I was out of the like, movie. Black a <laughs> little
1: racist, if you ask me.
0: <laughs> before we wrap up and get to I'm moving on past that, before we wrap up and get to the reception of the movie, I want to talk about the original ending that they had planned for this. Obviously, in the film, it ends with Neil bringing Dell home with him for the holidays. After we find out he's homeless and his wife has passed, can I get a boo
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: But how Hughes originally envisioned it was that Dell kind of accompanies Neil all the way home, just follows Follow the man. <laughs> yeah, and I think we can agree that that's not nearly as good of an no. ending, no. and it so kind of it doesn't it doesn't really make him. Sweet, it no. kind of makes him like a stalker, yeah. <laughs> you know. Their goodbyes, Which is a homeless man who's hoping to get, yeah. yeah. Um, their goodbyes would just wouldn't not have been as sincere, it would have been no. just kind of weird, in my opinion. Thankfully, Hughes realized that he realized that Dell was what he called a noble person who could take a hint and not just blindly follow Neil all the way home. But in order to get the new ending that he wanted,
1: now here's my question. Mm-hmm right before you get into your final thing yeah. why is he homeless
0: uh well because i think he's like a traveling salesman oh mm. and i think my my hunch is i don't think it's ever fully fully explained uh-huh. maybe i'm wrong shoot us an email clarify things if you, if you know the answer and i don't but i'm pretty sure it's just that he was a traveling salesman and then with his wife not being there he felt like he didn't really have a home anymore god so then he just kind of lived
2: yeah. hotel to hotel sailing yeah. okay. I mean you travel you yeah. gotta go places easier to just uh, stay on your feet damn that's a shitty line. <laughs> yeah
0: so once they decided oh maybe him following him all the way home isn't a good idea John Hughes and Paul Hirsch went back and looked through all the film the, the miles and miles and miles of footage that they had miles. sorry
1: sorry about that <laughs> the multiple miles, miles of footage <laughs> they yeah, found they had a total of like 12 feet in con- he's <laughs> in
2: control of all the footage miles of footage
0: they, they found this one clip where Hughes had kept the, the cameras rolling in between takes when Neil is finally headed home and he sits down and he's like relieved. Steve Martin wasn't aware that the cameras were rolling and he was, he was thinking about his next line. Mm-hmm. And you see him, he's kind of like looking off to the left. I believe this is the shot that they reference in like the articles that talk about this. Hughes thought that Steve Martin had, quote, a beautiful expression on his face and kind of in this unguarded moment. And so they used this to kind of be Neil's realization to go back and get Dell. Yeah. So there's the bit where he sits down and then he's kind of like looking off to the side, like piecing things together about like, oh, he said he hasn't been home in years.
1: Right. And uh, mm-hmm. you do- what I thought was nice about that scene was it starts off with him just thinking about his family. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like those thoughts of him and the, the mm-hmm. journey that they've gone on together kind of like creep into his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. yeah. So they totally re-edited that to make the ending the way that they wanted now, obviously, a better ending. I think we can Way all agree. Ending, yeah. Yes. Finally, movie's done. It's cut down to 93 minutes. They have this new ending that is nicer and sweeter than just kind of being stalkery and weird. Mm-hmm. The movie is released November 25th, 1987, and it did fairly well at the box office. It didn't top it, but it stayed in the top 10 for seven weeks. Okay. By the end of its run in January of 1988, it had grossed $50 million in the U.S. with a $15 million budget, which is pretty good. Um, and when it was released in February 1988,
1: I'm in sorry, UK, you guys are that one by me again. It made 50.
0: Yes, and the budget was 15. Sorry, okay. I did kind of slur that. I apologize. I was like,
2: oh, they broke even. Okay, mm-hmm. no,
0: yeah. Um, and then they released it in the UK in February of 1988, where it did top the box office for its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. What I what I find more interesting than just those numbers, though, is that it kind of changed John Hughes' reputation because at that point. He was really just known for writing teen angst movies. I was going to say he's like teenagers. Again, so. 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller, pretty Pink, yeah. that kind of stuff. Which with obviously science. <laughs> yes. Files. Obviously huge hits in the 80s, but this showed change. Aww. It wasn't just a PG or PG-13 rated movie. It was about two grown men, mm-hmm. you know, one dealing with like loss of a wife, you mm-hmm. know. Uh so it showed he could kind of vary his style a little bit. Steve Martin and John Candy have also reportedly said that this is their personal favorite movie that they've done. And Steve Martin in particular has done interviews where, again, he talks very kindly about John Candy. Um, There's one particular line that Steve Martin liked, which I believe they cut out because I obviously did my research and then I rewatched it. And I don't think Dell says this line, Hmm. but there's a bit where Dell is explaining how he kind of latches on to strangers to kind of get connections. Mm. And he says, quote, but this time I couldn't let
2: go. Yeah, they don't say that
0: and John Candy ad-libbed this line and Steve Martin says that like it made him cry when he like that, thought that about w- those moments. would have changed
2: so much for me honestly.
0: But they d- they don't include that in the cut, I believe. Mm. I would have I like, think remembered that.
2: Yeah, no they don't. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a powerful moment.
0: Yeah, but Steve Martin remembers that and he hold- he holds on to that moment a lot, mm-hmm. which I think is very cool. So that is Planes, Trains and Automobiles. We're not quite done because there are Some other versions out there that I want to mention before we get into the fun trivia. So around 2020, there were rumors that they were going to do a remake with Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell. You haven't really heard much more about that since then. So I don't know.
1: I don't need another fucking get hard.
2: Just, you know what? Novel idea. Make a new movie. Ooh, I like that idea. But that's make a new movie hard. Yeah, and it's not safe, right? Because That's at least safe. if you do it this way, you already know that one was successful. Yeah. So this one's gonna be successful because it's just the same movie and people feel safe with that. Fuck you, fuck you. Don't bitch. No, oh, sorry.
0: Anyway, I don't I don't know if it's actually gonna happen or anything like that. I hope it doesn't. I, I genuinely I saw hope it I, does I really, it doesn't. really hope it doesn't. Yeah, does I saw a few articles like from twenty twenty, didn't see anything recently about that. Uh more importantly, do you remember how I mentioned a few minutes ago that there was the three and a half hour cut? Yes. That they had. Well, for years there have been rumors that it's locked away in Paramount. Release it. And Hughes has publicly said that the extra footage was probably deteriorated. It's probably not good. It would take him years to go through it anyway. However, on October first, twenty twenty two. Mm. Paramount announced it would be releasing a 4K version of the movie with over 75 minutes of deleted and extra, like extended scenes. Release the Hughes cut! Release
2: the Hughes cut! Oh,
0: baby! So this this will be its 35th anniversary this year. This extended version is going to be released on November 22nd. I want to point out that we. Record these episodes earlier. So for you guys listening now, this is next week. This is coming out. For us, this was just announced. I will say, you know, researching this movie and knowing that I wanted to do this movie. I had heard rumors of this three and a half hour cut. And for literally years since the movie came out, it has always just been it's locked away. We're never going to really see it. Yeah. So this is a really big deal that they're coming out with this extended version this year. So they just announced it. So if you guys like the movie and you want to see an extended cut, keep an eye out. Again, that's November 22nd. They're releasing it.
1: If you want to see the extended cut that literally people walked out of the theater over, <laughs> then be excited. I'm going to watch it and I'm going to laugh my butt off.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm personally really excited to see the scenes that they include. I want to see the extended cuts. I, I think it's going to be really cool. So, yeah, that's, um, that's just like some big news for the movie. Really great timing for the fact that like, we're recording it and releasing it now. The so, stripper's
1: yeah. finally going to get to see her scene. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So.
2: It's great Googling that's, that's kind of
0: how I want to end it. I'm going to get into a few trivia, and then we'll go through our thoughts. Trivia. Trivia. Yes. God. <laughs> trivia. Elton John was supposed to write like kind of like a theme song for this, but two days before recording, there was an issue with like the ownership of the song because Paramount wanted ownership, but under Elton John's contract with his label... He needed, like, they needed to have ownership, so they just, like, couldn't work out mm. that stuff legally. So it just, it made it impossible and it never happened. Kevin Bacon appears twice in this movie. First, in that opening scene when he's racing Neil for the taxi.
1: Right. I remember watching him and like, oh, shit, Kevin Bacon. Yes. And then I immediately forgot he existed. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: The other time he shows up is when Neil and Dell are in the, that first motel and it cuts back to Neil's wife, again, like I mentioned earlier, there's the bit where you can hear that the airport is cleared up so Neil could have gotten home. But there's a movie playing on in the background and it, it's a movie called She's Having a Baby, which was a yet-to-be-released Hughes movie that he had just shot starring Aww. Kevin Bacon. So Kevin Bacon's voice is heard. They also, I have, okay, I haven't seen this movie, but from my understanding, they do this same scene in that movie where they're racing for the taxi. So it's basically suggested it's like that it's the same it's universe that she's having a baby, even though they're listening to it on TV. Huh. Very strange.
1: Maybe it's Whoa. like, maybe it's not a movie. It's like a home video of a family friend.
0: <laughs> maybe, I don't know. The dream. I just read it, thought it was fun, so I thought I would share it. Uh, next. Although he receives fourth billing, Michael McKean only appears in one scene, and its he's on screen for 90 seconds. Yeah. Again, they had the extended scene, but he's only on screen for 90 seconds, and he gets fourth billing. Kevin Bacon is fifth billed in the credits, and he's only on screen for like a minute as well. Yeah. So just interesting. And then um, while shooting a scene for Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which came out the year before, Edie McClurg, who again plays the car rental receptionist. She was approached by John Hughes, who gave her a page of the script with that car rental scene, and he asked her to read both parts out loud for him. She did it, and he just, like, took the page back and didn't say anything. And then a few months later, he called her and was like, you want to do it? And that's how she got the part. He just, like, gave her the script, had her read it, and then just decided, yep.
1: I I always hate auditions and stuff because it's, like, you read and stuff, and then you have to wait, like, three months Lame. Anyway, what cool that she do? got it though. Fuck, 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 fuck.
0: You're fucked. Yeah, I like that she gets the last line in that scene and stuff. Rick. So. Anyway, so that is the trivia that I have for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's good trivia. And now I'll turn it over to you guys. Wow. To see what you thought of it.
2: Miles, what did you think of this movie?
1: <sighs> I liked it. I thought it was a fun little comedy. Um I had a good time watching it. I think Neil's. Car- Sorry, I'm doing like a little bit while I'm a student giving their presentation. Mm. And presentation that They, they have rehearsed, to
0: rehearsed, but they have no. It sounded inflection. like you were yeah.
1: lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was good. I think Neil was kind of a shitter. I think Dell's kind of a shitter, though. I think they're both just like flawed men trying to get home. You know? Yeah,
2: I like. Isn't that most people?
1: Ain't that just all of us? Deep down, we're all just flawed human. Either beings, you're a yeah. Neil or you're a Dell. Just trying to I, get home. You know,
2: but... I like. I, I think it's a good movie. It's fun. I do find it irritating, and it's not a very relaxing watch for me. It's not. Because you, you relate so much with Neil. Because, I and here's the really big thing. I, I mean, later on, he does some stuff. But for the most part, Neil does not deserve what happens to him. No. It just happens to him. He, he keeps, gets, you know, maybe there's
1: two points where you can say he deserves it. And that's when he's going like, fuck, 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 that's fuck, fuck. But, but it's and, also like, at that point,
2: though. get it. You get it because it's like, yeah, I would be livid. And sure, yeah, it's not okay to point it and you know and, and punish other people for what you've gone through, but like, yeah, you've been through a lot. Like, it's gonna be hard to yeah. like really contain yourself at that point. And the other part was he's just laying into Dell. Which yeah. I think was
1: fire. Mm-hmm. He went hard and I was in it for my I thought it was very rude. But damn were those some banger insults.
0: He also does it right at the beginning before he really gets to know him, which yeah. I think you know, yeah. once he gets to know him, he, like, wouldn't have been able to say those things. Yeah. But, yeah, no, he, like, lays into him super early on.
1: The Though- fucking part where he's, like, oh, hey, this is Dell. Here's a story he's gonna tell you, and here's a gun so you can blow your fucking brains out. You'll thank me later. I was, like, holy shit.
2: <laughs> if somebody <It's> like, <laughs>
1: did that to me, I would probably cry.
2: Like, And it's, like, yeah, it's, like, th- those are the moments you're, like, okay, he's he's being a bit mean and that that's where it's like okay i can feel like less bad for him yeah but but it's hard for me because again and i know the whole bit is like oh he's just big lovable guy he doesn't mean to do it he nearly gets him killed (laughs) he does several times and he doesn't change it keeps happening over and over and over and over and he just he's it's like okay i love you you're great you're whatever you're misunderstood but like dude you're ruining his life and his bank account and he's oh trying, my and, God. and it's not even even <laughs> even if like if Steve Martin was like one of those characters where he's like, oh, I'm a businessman, I'm only worried about my business, it'd be like, okay, but this man literally only wants to see his family. Yeah. That's his crime. He wants to go home to see his family for Thanksgiving. Like oh, and then and then here comes John Candy's character, and he's just ruining everything. And he burns his possessions, the car, the his credit card. The,
0: the, the one for me that. You know, if I was traveling with Dell. Oh, I guess this I can pose this question to you guys. If you were traveling with Dell, which one would have been your breaking points? Because for oh me, easily it would have been him carelessly driving on the road. Oh, uh, yeah. When, oh, absolutely. When, absolutely. When he's I mean, it obviously like he throws he tries to throw a cigarette out the window and it bounces back in the car seat, which is how the car catches fire. Mm-hmm. It's like not even that. It's the fact that he's blaring loud music while Neil's trying to sleep and he's swerving even, all over the fucking place. Even, yeah. That, that like pissed me off. Before
2: he's going backwards on the other side of the road, he's just driving irresponsibly. Yeah. And it's like, it's so hard for me to be like, oh, he's so lovable. And it's like, he's a threat. <laughs> this man is a threat.
1: So if, yeah, if I was awake during the time, because obviously Neil was asleep, if, I was awake in his position where his arms get stuck. I'd be like, you, I'm leaving. I, I can't. Cannot.
0: Also, why did you not just pull over and Dude, put your oh on my God. Take your foot
2: off the pedal. You'll <laughs> coast to a stop. You have your knees to steer. You'll coast to a stop. Just whatever. Put your, and then, you know, once you, you there wasn't even that many cars on the road. You could have just slowed down and, yeah. then, and then quick got your arms out and hit the hazards <laughs> and done what you needed to do. But no. Actively almost kills both of them in a head-on collision.
0: That's the one for me where I'm like, I would not have That's forgiven him for that. So
2: hard. Oh, no. And, and, and he's, he's got, despite all this, he has the charisma to sell these shower curtain rings As to anybody and everybody and make a living off of this. He's somehow able to understand how to sell and work people to buy these things, and yet he doesn't understand social norms. He's a trickster god. <laughs> I swear. It, it, it's all a trick. He knows exactly what's going on. That's my favorite conspiracy now. Is that
1: is Dell is some crazy trickster god who just to torment a man.
2: Absolutely.
0: I want to uh, real quick put in I, I, before I forget. There's one moment that I actually really liked, which is when they first get to the hotel room. And before Neil really blows up at him, he's in the shower and he looks up. To take note of the shower rings and i thought yeah. that was like a really fun touch where even though he doesn't like Dell, he's like curious yeah. you know still he's like all right let me see what all the what the what all the...
1: the hubbub
2: is about exactly
0: which that's the exact word i was going to use
2: um my hubbub. favorite part of this movie is when they're sandwiched between the semis and he turns into a skeleton for a moment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that was the only thing that made me like <laughs> <to> laugh <laughs> it was that moment
1: Oh uh, yeah, I could not travel. And then, with wait! Oh, turns
2: into the devil. <laughs> he does. He turns into the devil. <laughs> he is the
0: devil. Oh my god! <laughs> you heard it here first. Del Griffiths
1: is the trickster he's, god. He's the trickster. Trickster devil. god. The devil.
2: He. And he it's never. like, you know, serious talk. It's. I know. I know the whole the whole point of this movie. I feel like is that you need to let go. Right. You need to let go and just sort of go with the water and let things take you and like whatever. But it's like, God. Be like water. God. You know, because it's once it's once he lets go and submits the situation that he starts having fun. You know, and and, and then everything is better. But it's like, man. I don't know. But so the, so this movie's just like kind of irritating for me. That's the that fucking sense. bill he's gonna get.
0: <sighs> yeah. Which you know that he can probably pass that off to Dell and be like, you literally owe me that.
1: Yeah. yeah. This,
0: and, and if Dell doesn't want it, he can be like, all right, I'm going to file a police report that you stole my credit card and bought this because the place is not going to recognize me as the one who picked it up. Yeah. Anyway. Well.
1: Uh, okay, so ratings. I would give this movie a 6, say 6.5 oh, trickster great. gods out of 10.
0: Stefan, where where yeah, are you at for I'm this? Thinking,
2: I'm thinking six point five or six dirty socks in the sink, brushing your He's, teeth with them. He really is also just a, a shitty person to travel with.
0: Not want him as a roommate at all. That's what I'm saying. How roommate. could yeah. you
2: be so oblivious? You can't. It's impossibly <laughs> that oblivious to, to just to what use, you need to do. To use all the towels, put
1: your socks in the sink to leave your underwear out at like like oh Impossible. my god to eat and beer or drink beer and eat pizza on the fucking bed
0: the one thing i will say about the socks not underwear is my thought behind that is that he's so used to doing it he just does it because that's the life that he leads leads
2: right well that but i'm saying i'm like i'm i i'm sure that's like that's his habit but it's like oh man. yeah
0: when you have somebody else like to even yeah
2: to not like, even think that
1: there's another human being yeah yeah no, because he, he's fully, it's not like he apologizes to Neil. Because at one point he's like, hey, take my socks. Yeah, and he he brush doesn't take them
2: out. He's not like, oh, sorry, I put them in there. He's like, oh, take them out.
1: He, Touch my dirty socks.
2: Yeah, take, take my, my dirty Take my dirty of socks. Of the
1: take them out for me.
0: I think I'm going to give this movie a slightly higher rating. I think I'm going to give it a seven smoldering cars out of 10 smoldering.
1: Mm. We're so good at doing like linear progressions.
0: Yeah. yeah, the last episode we did five, six, five, six, seven. 7. This was six point five, six point five, seven.
1: And this was six, six point five, seven. Oh, you
2: said six? Did you say six? I said six or six point five. I didn't no. really make a decision. Somewhere, uh, somewhere in there. We'll say six just for the sake of the linear,
0: cool.
1: linear line. Um, yeah.
0: Anyway, that wraps up today's episode. Miles, you're next. Me. What, what you we're got watching, planned, what a
2: wonderful film we're So we're for-
1: gonna watch another really lighthearted uh, comedy. film. comedy. Yeah, just because you know we we just got out of Halloween, um, we just did Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. So I figured a nice lighthearted movie for us to do is Full Metal Jacket,
2: covering one of covering the, the most Viet- peaceful the times Vietnam
1: War, uh, which is really more of just like a couple guys hanging out anyway. So
2: it, it was just uh, we had some arguments, some yeah. disagreements, whatever.
1: Um, there's a lot about this movie. Mm-hmm. It is a very good movie, in my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm. Talking about a very infamous director.
1: Yes, very infamous. I will say, if you have not seen Full Metal Jacket, wait, one, I am slightly surprised. Two, go watch it. Go watch it, unless it's, it's, you have a thing against suicide. Preparation. Yeah,
0: that is
2: a I good trigger warning, actually. Is, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, if you want to make sure that you watch it, before we cover that next, then you can know exactly what we're talking about. So highly recommend you give it a watch before the next episode's
2: out. Trigger warning.
1: Is that you, John Wayne? Is it me?
0: But in the meantime, you can always find us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at The Takes It took And again, if I missed anything or you want to send us an email, you can do so at the at gmail.com. Until then, keep watching movies. Be safe. Have a good Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Do have a good
1: Thanksgiving. Eat food. Don't, for the love of God, let Dell drive.
2: Yeah. No, or do anything. Don't let him accompany you. Just yet. Leave that motherfucker on the side of the no, road. Don't make any deals. He makes either crossroads or anything. You will take your soul.
0: And with that advice, we bid you adieu.
2: Bye. Bye. So Bye. long, to you, my friend. I swear to God, Stephanie. <laughs> I thought Mario jumped
0: in. you Dude, out of the box.